And this time on Culture File, we have the latest from Paddy Woodworth's series, The Naturalist Bookshelf, in which Paddy builds a collection of essential nature writing. So far, each author has only been allowed to contribute one volume to the shelf. But new times, new rules, as Paddy returns to the writing of Helen MacDonald. There is a very telling, if passing, moment in the last book we took down from my bookshelf for this programme. Helen MacDonald's H's for Hawk. She meets a couple while out hunting with her goshawk and they swap stories about the local deer. It's a happy, celebratory conversation until it suddenly takes a dark turn. Isn't it a relief, the man says, that there are things still like these deer, a real bit of old England still left despite all these immigrants coming in. In MacDonald's new book, Vesper Flights, she explores this alarming link between nature-loving and nationalism and many other problematic ways in which we engage with the natural world with the ruthless honesty that is our hallmark. I devoured these pungent essays with fascination, at times delighted by the lucidity of her happier visions and more often troubled and challenged by her insights. And as I read and reread them in recent weeks, my fascination was tempered by the ghastly news from Ukraine, which sometimes added almost unbearable poignancy to her observations. In one piece, she watches massive waves of migrating cranes crossing a Hungarian lake at dusk. A long, wavering chevron of beating wings inked across the darkening sky. She notes how such flocks can appear to us almost as single entities with a unitary will of their own. But they're actually made up of individuals and families, each trying to make its own way in a difficult world. And this thought leads her to recall the human migrants halted just a hundred miles away from this idyllic lake where the Hungarian government has erected razor wire fences to prevent refugees from the war in Syria crossing their frontier. These passages inevitably sharpen their thrust given the grim contemporary exodus from Ukraine. And they should perhaps make us remember how badly we, in Ireland also, have already failed refugees from wars and tyrants further afield than Europe, simply because their cultures differ from our own. MacDonald, trained in philosophy, peels back comfortable middle-class assumptions about the essential decency of natural history to reveal many other awkward but unexamined questions. She registers again and again the tension between our hubristic claims to use science to see other species as they really are and our competing compulsion to see animals as extensions or reflections of our own existential concerns. And she exposes how science itself, for all its supposed commitment to cool objectivity, frequently reflects this very compulsion in its language, theories, and strategies. Writing today in the shadow of resurgent English nationalism, she notes how much English natural history has been conditioned by cultural and political history. Henry Elliot Howard, for example, produced a widely accepted, still widely held, theory that birdsong is not a sexual come-on, and much less the outpouring of love imagined by romantic poets. Instead, the song 
is staking a small bird's small claim to a patch of English ground. She dryly points out that this quietly belligerent theory was developed just after the First World War. And during the Second World War, Julian Huxley told BBC listeners that nature study was a kind of patriotic obligation. If you don't know your birds, you can't fully know your country. She draws provocative connections between engaging armies of citizen scientists to document the movement of migrant birds and the mobilisation of civilians to report enemy aircraft. Now, of course, MacDonald is not saying for a moment that citizen science is a bad thing. Nor that science always limits our imaginations. On the contrary, in one essay, she's eloquent on the capacity of scientific understanding to open up a much deeper sense of wonder in us about the world. No, she is simply highlighting that there is no single correct way to engage with nature. Like Seamusini, she suggests that we should not be afraid to credit marvels and that a singing bird may have as many meanings as there are people to hear it sing, plus the meaning, always unknowable to us, that the song has for the bird itself. She crosses lines into places where the gatekeepers of the orthodox human nature narrative would probably prefer a nature writer did not go. She keeps company with Irish travellers delighting in a caged goldfinch with unusual pied plumage. She recognises that she keeps birds and keeps pets at least as much for her own well-being as for theirs. And she hints that birders in a hide may often be almost as remote from experiencing the real natural world as the viewers of an Attenborough documentary. A deep sense of loss underlies MacDonald's writing. Both her own individual mortality and the extinction of species and habitats haunt her continually. But they spur her to seek out and, wherever she can still find it, to luminously celebrate life's diversity, beauty and wonder. Paddy Woodworth there on Helen MacDonald's Vespa Flights. And don't forget, have a look at the Culture File page on the RTE site for Paddy's episode on MacDonald's H is for Hawk and indeed all the other books on the Naturalist Bookshelf. <laughs>